the defense showed they're way ahead of the offense, and that's okay. You are Locked On Nittany Lions, your daily podcast on the Penn State Nittany Lions, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And thanks for making Locked On Nittany Lions your first listen and watch every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast. Locked On Nittany Lions is your go-to podcast for Penn State rivals. Visit happyvalleyinsider.com for everything Penn State athletics and I wrote up my final notebook for spring football. Blue and white game. It's special. It's fun. It's an annual tradition. But it is also the 15th and final spring practice. It is the conclusion of the spring season. So I got one more practice notebook for you. Everything offense, defense, special teams. And that's what we're going to be talking about in this episode. I had the offense, broke them down, quarterback, running back, wide receiver, everything. That is in that. Go check that one out. This one is defense and special teams. So the defensive line, linebackers, secondary, and then the kickers and punters and what we think is going to happen there. Special teams got a lot of question marks. I, I will leave that as as the tease. And we'll begin up front and then push backwards. Defensive line. Wow. Defensive end. They got some dudes. Seriously, the defensive end room for Penn State is stellar. And let's begin with deny Dennis Sutton because he had by far the best day, the most valuable day of any player because he went on absolute in an absolute tear. Deny Dennis Sutton was on the white roster. And I said, okay, that might be a little concerning when I saw that the rosters were released Deny Dennis Sutton, because that's essentially the backups, the scout that why is he on the scout defense? Because the coaching staff wanted to see how he would do against the first string. And I understand. He did not disappoint. Double teamed all day, had two sacks, arguably the best game. would He would be my defensive MVP from the blue-white game. So this is why they will put him on the white team because they wanted to see him go up against the first string offensive line and played exceptionally. Double teamed, two sacks, pressures, quarterback hits, you name it. Deny Dennis Sutton did everything. And then James Franklin went ahead in his post-practice, post-game, we'll call it a post-game presser, post-game presser, and said that Deny Dennis Sutton was a starter. So he's not going to jump Chop Robinson. He's not going to jump Adisa Isaac. But what that means is, is that he is going to play starter-like snaps. So he might not be the first guy out there on the football field every single game because can you blame Penn State? They got, like I said, they got some dudes at defensive end. But with Chop Robinson, Adisa Isaac, they can confidently rotate in, deny Dennis Sutton. How about Zariah Fisher, someone who's coming back from a knee injury? Zariah Fisher had a similar impact just behind deny Dennis Sutton. Five tackles, a tackle and a half for loss on the white defense. Zariah Fisher has come a long way as well. So now you can couple those two together. You have Chop Robinson and Disa Isaac, and then you have Zariah Fisher. Don't forget about Amin Vanover, Deny Dennis Sutton. Those are five guys you can turn to and any combination of the, like pair them together. And it's a deadly tandem. It, it really is. I think that Penn State will lead the Big Ten in sacks, uh, especially among defensive linemen, but just all across the board with the way that Manny Diaz likes to blitz. This isn't a controversial take. This isn't a bold take. It's the honest take. Penn State will lead the Big Ten, possibly the nation, in sacks with the group that they have. 
Uh, some other takes for, takeaways from the Bloom White game as far as the defensive line goes. Uh, Redshirt junior Jake Wilson uh, received a good amount of reps with the Blue defense. So could he be that replacement for Nick Tarburton, that veteran run stuffing edge defender? Not really your pass rushing type of presence because you got a lot of those. <laughs> you do. But maybe when it's a game against Northwestern or a, a Michigan and you need somebody that's more of that run stuffing type of presence, I could see Jake Wilson being that type of player. It was good to see him on the football field in the capacity. So now there's the interior. If you watched all the way through for the offensive analysis, the defensive line, you know, I was excited to talk about the defense because I think that the defense overall is going to be one of the best in the nation. I, I think top five overall, top 10 in a minimum. They returned a lot of starters, but there is concern in the interior of the defensive line. And I, I thought James Franklin was just saying, okay, guys aren't, you know, holding up their end of the bargain. You know, we're just not seeing enough from, from these guys. They need to play better. They need to practice better. Well, some guys just aren't available to practice. And Hakeem Beeman and Kaziah Izzard, I, I don't want to say, again, I'm not here to speculate, but they were in comfy clothes on Saturday. So now I understand why James Franklin was so vocal about the depth concerns at the interior of the defensive line because they still got some guys too. Zane Durant had a sack. Uh, Devon Elise was uh, fairly quiet uh, beside a pass breakup, but just good to see get your hands up. Devon Townley Jr. had, I wouldn't say the, again, the biggest impact in the interior, but uh, he definitely probably stayed behind because they said, you're going to have some opportunities. You will have your chance in the middle of the defensive line. And that's the case. I think Townley, Townley has gotten some praise. He's come a long way as well. Just didn't really, uh, didn't do anything exciting in the blue-white game. But now the depth is glaring with potential injuries, and you hope that Beeman, you hope that uh, Izzard can come back. You would like to think that they'll be able to recover over the summer, but James Franklin has been very vocal, and they have been very active. There's been select players that have said that Penn State has reached out to them since they've been in the transfer portal. Uh, they need interior defensive linemen, both from a talent perspective, but also more importantly, a depth perspective. But more importantly, from a depth perspective, because if any of those guys, and on top of Beeman and Izzard, do go down, then that's when it really gets out of control and. Penn State, uh, they showed that they struggled against defending the run at times last year. Of course, the Michigan game and Penn State will have to shore that up in the interior of the defense. So the defensive line, defensive ends are great. Pass rush is going to be incredible. But as far as the defensive interior goes, the defensive tackles and they need athletic guys. I, I don't want to talk about a big, big, mean, heavy nose tackle. They do not need that in Manny Diaz's defense. That's just the fact of the matter. It is locked on Nittany Lions, and we're talking linebackers and secondary special teams all the way at the end. But first, let's hear from our sponsor of this episode, and that is Built. Something exciting is coming to Built.com on April 22nd. And I don't have all the details yet, but the excitement is real, and it's something you will not want to miss out on. If you know how Built works, you know that they have the most incredible protein bars in the world, and they do these amazing flavor drops with unreal tasty flavors in limited quantity. 
So mark your calendars and head to Built.com on Saturday, April 22nd. Be one of the first to discover what all the hype is about. I can't wait to see what this new flavor is. Make sure to use a promo code LOCKEDON15 and you'll get 15% off your order. That is LOCKEDON15 and you'll get 15% off your order. Locked On Nittany Lions is now your go-to podcast for Happy Valley Insider, Penn State Rivals. Give HappyValleyInsider.com a visit. We'll move away from the football segment by Saturday. Segment, and now we go to the linebackers and linebackers had a good day, but I'm going to focus particularly on the scout team on the white squad because there's really nothing to analyze when it comes to Kobe King, Abdul Carter, Curtis Jacobs, your trio of starters for the blue team, the first string defense. These guys fly to the football with the youngsters that Penn State now has in the rotation. Linebacker is going to be one of the deepest position groups on the team. So Abdul, Abdul Carter looked great. Curtis Jacobs and Kobe King. Kobe King had a sack too. Uh, so the blitzing from Manny Diaz uh, is going to be another, uh, just be another strength of the defense coming from the linebacker position. But what's more important is the depth in this case, because Abdul Carter uh, really taking over the defensive side of things. Curtis Jacobs coming back and Kobe King. What does that mean for the depth? How does the depth look? Well, Tony Rojas had a hell of a game against the first string offense. He led all players. This is a period. Blue team, white team, didn't matter. He led all players with nine total tackles. He had multiple pass breakups, six solo tackles. He can and he will be the backup to uh, Carter and to Jacobs. And this is someone that put on, he came in a little light to camp, uh, right? He came in in the winter workouts and put on nearly 30 pounds. And then there's that concern. Well, how's he going to move after he puts on those 30 pounds? Uh, he moves fluidly very well. That speed is there. He's a thumper. I, I, I like Tony Rojas, the way he plays the game. And I feel comfortable with Penn state burning his red shirt and he should be the immediate backup at either one of those linebacker positions. I think you can play him anywhere. He's going to play either the on ball or the off ball. He won't, I don't think he'll play the mic, but he could, if you really needed to, because that is going to be Tamir Robinson or Keon Wiley's responsibility. Tyler Elsden didn't look like he suited up, but Tyler Elsden, if he is dealing with something, an injury or whatever, just something off the field, uh, Elsden will be in the rotation with Kobe King. He was essentially a co-starter last year. I can't see him moving that far down the depth chart, but it was just really refreshing to see Tamir Robinson, who's dealt with the amount of injuries that he did at the high school level, really, really stunted, I would say, uh, really, uh, really repressed really repressed his development at the high school level because there was all this potential and, and what was Robinson going to be able to do? And he couldn't showcase it. Well, now he could, and it looks like he hasn't missed a beat. Somebody who had a season ending injury, a senior year had to miss the entirety of a senior season and came into school, came to Penn state enrolled early. And it looks like he belongs that everything's there. He's put it together. He's put on the weight he's needed to. And he looks like he can be a division one linebacker in the power five. So Tamir Robinson and Tony Rojas are very, very important additions to this team. Uh, they're young, but they play a lot. <laughs> they play a lot older than, than they lead on and excited to have them in the rotation and feel comfortable if they do in fact get on the field. Uh, and I expect both of their red shirts to be burnt. Now for the secondary, the secondary is going to be probably behind the defensive ends. I, I would say 
the best position group. Let's move further back away from the football, and that leads us to the secondary. And I anticipate little to no drop-off by the secondary. Yes, you lose Jair Brown, uh, and you lose Joey Porter Jr., but this this group is sticky. They are like flypaper. You have Kalen King, who now moves into that Joey Porter Jr. role. You have Storm Duck, who transferred in. You have Johnny Dixon. And Dixon, I think Dixon and Storm Duck are going to rotate and be co-starters, but there's still going to be that system, that learning curve for Storm Duck. So... I anticipate that Kalen King and Johnny Dixon are going to be your starters, and Dixon made that big hit on Liam Clifford that jarred the ball loose. Still very good in coverage. It looks like slot corner Daquan Hardy has added a few tricks that he was a little more aggressive in coverage. It felt like he had a down season last year in 2022. I think he will be better for 2023. Um, But those guys, they, they just look good from start to finish. And then you go back to the safety position, and this is where it gets a little different because Jair Brown was that jack of all trades. You could bring him down in the box. He could be your center fielder. He could be over the top. And now essentially you look at Jair Brown and what he did, you can now split that and and you want that all in, in a player, right? You want to be able to have that complete package, but it feels like Keaton Ellis and Zachy Wheatley take the best attributes of a Jair Brown and they have split them into their own right. So Keaton Ellis was the strong safety for the blue team, and Zachy Wheatley was the free safety, meaning that they are the presumed starters. And it will be interesting to see how the starters at safety and how they're going to play in 2023, just because Jair Brown could do it all and could be wherever. You're going to have to mix and match and find that chemistry for your strong and your free safeties in traditional roles. Because Wheatley is your traditional over-the-top coverage safety. He's your center fielder. He's arguably the best coverage safety. I don't think anybody would challenge me on that, whether it's someone who covers Penn State or a teammate of his or a, a football player because uh, or a coach on the team because of him being the turnover king in the offseason last year and showing in limited reps what he could do forcing turnovers. Uh, and then you have Keaton Ellis, who is your traditional in-the-box th- thumping type of defender, your additional linebacker with a little more speed and, and not as much size. Then there's K.J. Winston. K.J. Winston's physical. I, I like the play. I love the play of K.J. Winston. I, I think Jalen Reed will also come back stronger than ever. He did have surgery following the Rose Bowl. But K.J. Winston recognizes play development very well, and he was second on the white team with six tackles. So don't discount K.J. Winston as a potential breakout player. Uh, Wheatley, he also came down and made some tackles as well because that was my biggest criticism of Wheatley was that, again, he boxed himself into being just an over-the-top coverage safety uh, who makes a lot of turnovers, and there's nothing to bat an eye about that. You don't you don't want to take that for granted. But Wheatley can complete his game by coming down and making those hits. So he had four tackles. I think that him being physical or at least adding that aspect to his game will just adjust well to the additional playing time. And the secondary didn't force a lot of turnovers. That's okay because the quarterbacks took the safe route more more often than not. Uh, One interception by Ja'Shawn Green at the end of the game, late in the scrimmage. Uh, But this group made it difficult. Even though they didn't force turnovers, they made it difficult for either of the QBs, whether it was Drew Aller, whether it was Bo Perbula, to really get into rhythm. At one point in time, Drew Aller did start to build some momentum at the end of the first half. I would say uh, maybe in the middle of the second half, that's when he had a, a good string of throws and plays together. But the secondary... They're going to be sticky. They're going to be top in the game to couple with that pass rush and that blitzing that Manny Diaz is going to throw at opposing offenses. 
It is a Locked On Nittany Lions. Locked On's NFL Mock Draft Special is here, and it's bigger than ever. Follow along with all 32 teams' first pick in a six-episode Ultimate Mock Draft experience only Locked On can deliver. All episodes are available now on the Locked On NFL Draft on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts, so check out Locked On NFL Draft. The special teams, and this is going to be a quick final segment. Uh, there are some things that we can take away from there. But the the special teams, you have question marks at punt returner. You have question marks at punter. You have question marks at kickoff. You have question marks at, at kick specialist, long snapper, you name it. Well, I, so you can't take for granted the special teams unit. Penn State has been very blessed, frankly, with what they've had, whether it was Jordan Stout doing everything right, place kicking, kickoff, punting. Jordan Stout is probably one of the best punters that Penn State will ever see in its football history. I, I really do genuinely mean that. You had Parker Washington returning punts a year ago. Before that, you had Jahan Dotson, who teams just didn't kick to him anymore because they respected what he did as a punt returner. So now there's all these question marks. Uh, Jake Penninger, for sometimes he was unreliable, but he was reliable enough to get the job done. And now you lose all of that over the past two years. The consistency. Barney Amore last year uh, made incredible strides uh, and um, earned a scholarship. And now that that's all gone. And there are some things that you need to be concerned about. What helped the defense was that a guy like Jordan Stout or Barney Amore would pin other teams inside the five. They would pin them inside the 10. And does Penn State have a punter that can do that, that consistently can pin a team and flip the football field when the, op when the offense is going to sputter at times? They're going to go three and out, and they're going to make their mistakes. Can the special teams be part of that group to just flip the field and give the defense an advantage and really bail out the offense sometimes? So we'll start with the punter. I, I'm not impressed with redshirt freshman Alex Bachetta. I'm, I'm not. I, I just think that he has a lot to learn. I think there there's a reason that Riley Thompson comes in and from FAU, and that's why there's going to be a competition. And I think Riley Thompson is going to be your starting punter in 2023. There's really not much more than that. There weren't a lot of punts to go around, and that's okay, but – uh, punters has a huge question mark around it. Just how good is Riley Thompson? Because Alex Bichetta has not come along the way that you would like him to. Then for kicker, same thing. There weren't a lot of field goals attempted. Is it going to be Alex Falcons? He was on the blue team. Uh, is it going to be Sanders Sahadak? We saw Sanders Sahadak take the first kickoff, and Nicholas Singleton did catch it, even though there wasn't any sort of return. So uh, anticipate that Singleton is going to be your starting kick returner. Sanders Sahadak will most likely be your kickoff specialist, but who is going to be your do doing your place kicking? I will say Alex Falcons, again, there is a reason that you brought him in through the transfer portal. Daquan Hardy fielded a couple of punts. I, I'm okay with that. Typically what you see James Franklin do, it's strategic. The running backs will be your kick returners, and your punt returners will either be wide receivers or guys in the secondary. So Daquan Hardy taking some punts. Caden Saunders fielded some punts as well. Uh, we can't just we can't assume anything. What I know from 
just talking to other people uh, that cover the team or that are around Penn State football is that when it comes to punt returner, that is a completely wide open competition. Uh, wide receivers, the guys in the secondary, it is a free, it is a free and open game. It is anybody's job out there. Nobody has an advantage. They won't know until summer camp and everything else. The first fall practice uh, happens in anticipation for West Virginia. But for special teams, uh, it, it is a little bit of a head scratcher with kicker, punter everywhere there's just no consistency uh and that i hope it did i really hope the third side of the football for penn state does not do anything to hold the team back from a crucial victory i, I really think that need that needs to be addressed uh at, throughout the summer and leading up to west virginia Locked on Nittany Lines and other ones in the books. Thanks so much for checking out this episode. Check out previous episodes as well. Takeaways from the blue-white game, talking about recruiting and everything that Penn State has done. Men's basketball as well with the activity in the transfer portal. Follow along wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to YouTube if you haven't already. Thanks so much for 1,000 subscribers. And I will talk to you soon on another episode of Locked on Nittany Lions.